Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about the ACL and fatigue. We talk about some online fitness and physical therapy apps that we can use. And we talk about some of our treatment strategies for subacromial impingement and subacromial decompressions. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are all at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. Let's go this way this time. We have Mike Scaduto here, MikeScaduto.com, Dan Pope, Fitness Pain Free, uh, Dave Tilly, Shift Movement Science, and Lenny McCrina, LennyMcCrina.com. We are all here answering your questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, PT, fitness, sports performance, uh, heck, anything, just ask away. You guys can just head to the website and keep asking us questions. we got a bunch of good ones from our, our student trio today. Let's see. Haley Brinkman from the University of uh, North Dakota. This is always such a challenge for me. <laughs> Matt Berkey, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie B. Birkenstocks. So, we just we're, notice how we just Haley's just Haley, like because she's just she's too cool to have a nickname. What are you, what exactly are you doing? Utah, Utah, Utah. University of Utah. Oh, is that a Utah thing? The game <laughs> and so and Brooks Klein, our veteran leader of the of the clinical affiliation, Arizona, right here, UNLV. What do we got, Brooks? You starting it off? Yep. First up, Savannah from Texas. Hi everyone. I just wanted to preface my question by saying how great it was to hear Mike and Lenny talk at CSM. Oh, Thank wow. you, Savannah. So nice. And it was a dream to be able to learn from you all and hear you Ooh, speak. A dream. dream. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so I don't know if you know if you knew, but I had the flu. Which I didn't realize that. And then everyone wanted to shake my hand. I was trying to fist bump. And I'm like, all right, well, it's you fine. Got the flu after. Her. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we, we only have one confirmed one. And on equals one. <laughs> sorry. Well, I call it ground zero. Ground zero. I, was, I was ground zero. So what do we got from Savannah? One. So my question has to do with the ACL fatigue talk. What are your thoughts on this? Should we train the athlete to fatigue before they return to sport? Thank you, guys. Len, did you see that talk, the ACL fatigue uh, talk? I don't think I did. Yeah, I don't think I saw it either. We, we, they, made us, they made us freaking speak the whole time. I mean, we were actually speaking. It was like terrible. There was like no break. So, yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like I th- I th- people were talking about this a little bit, so I kind of a little bit here. But I think it's just the concept of like, you know, p- people aren't returning to play at an appropriate time. So what do you think? Is it important to train fatigue? Right. I, you know? I do, and I know this is an ongoing Twitter battle between between uh, our friends Tim Hewitt and Dan Lorenz, um, a fun battle. I, I've seen them talking about it a lot. And I, I know the research side is not screaming that fatigue is playing a role in uh, ACL injuries. At least that's what I think the argument Tim is saying. I don't want to speak for Tim, but it seems like that's the impression. I know Dan and clinicians like ourselves are probably saying, no, no, no. It seems like if they're fatigued, they're not going to have the dynamic stability, no muscular control. They're going to have the valgus collapse a little easier than if they weren't in a fatigued state. And I, I know people have put out there, um, you know, some of their own private research showing that if you're fatigued, then your um, your 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 quad symmetry index or your leg symmetry index is diminished if you're fatigued versus not. You know, doing a hop test. So I try to train to fatigue. 
um, because I think that's more of a realistic uh, mm. challenge for the for the athlete, you know. Yeah, and we de- we work like proprioception and neuromuscular control. We work it a little bit before, in the, like the beginning of the program when they're nice and fresh, and then we kind of always end like our leg rehabs yeah. with some balance and proprioceptive stuff in a in a fatigue state, so we can kind of train them in that state. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wonder if <laughs> the disconnect here is that this makes clinically sense to us, but we just haven't proven it. Right. So Tim Hewitt, which you know, Tim's not listening to this, but whatever. Exactly. If you are, what's up, Tim? <laughs> But Tim's not listening to that. But I, I, I mean, t- Tim's a Tim's a PhD, he's a researcher, right? So, and he knows this. We joke about this all the time in person. We're friends, you know. But like, he's you know, he's a researcher. So theoretically, you know, it's, it hasn't been found in the research, and you know, people like him can't grasp that maybe some things aren't haven't been proven. I know when I'm treating an ACL and I hear the story, it's always not always, but oftentimes it was my last run on the ski slopes. I was tied. And I want to get one more run in. Right. I've heard that yeah. echoing yeah. in my in my quarter. chamber for for years. But, and that's why I don't go skiing. Is that like <laughs> is that like the whole like when you lose something though you always find it in the last place you look but like why would you keep looking? You, know, you already you just found it. Right? So like you're like you had to stop skiing. You were just wheelchaired off the uh, the yeah. mountain. So I mean I can I can only look because I have two patients who are very, very late stage ACL and we're doing that kind of stuff right now. And I think that Dan and I have worked with Chris Henshaw a lot, who's like an expert in this kind of stuff and there's a lot of good research on the peripheral and central fatigue mechanisms, and I have no idea about the research that him and these guys are talking about. But it's really clear that like stuff falls apart when you like start to hit like really high end threshold, or when you hit high end kind of VO2 max stuff. That like proprioception, central like you know ability to correct and stuff is is less. So it's like I'm as a clinician, I'm terrified if I'm like you know this person's transitioning to um, lacrosse, and I'm like, well, I don't really know if you're ready for a however long a lacrosse game is. But like right. you know, just doing like a basic 10 minute circuit the other day of like some quick twitch stuff and like single leg squats with some control. She was like all over the map and I'm like no that doesn't mean you're gonna tear your ACL but like I'm not quite comfortable yet letting you be like let's go play full game yeah yeah it seems like a no-brainer so I'd say you know train it why not um you know research always catches up to the clinical stuff at some point so you know I'd I'd say it's a no-brainer so what do we got Haley Matt Haley what do we got Haley Marcus from Seattle hey everyone love the show thanks Marcus is what are your (laughs) thoughts about online PT and fitness apps Thanks. So online PT and fitness apps. I actually did anyone see my Twitter conversation recently about the PT one though. <clears throat> Somebody on Twitter was was saying, and I, I believe you, uh, it was that in order to practice physical therapy online, like distance based thing, you have to be licensed in the person's state that you're talking to. And I asked him, I go, well, I mean, do you have a reference for that? And they, it was just they heard they heard somebody that is way smarter and in tune to this told them that but man i mean we have i don't know like, is this still called telehealth i mean we're not using phones are we yeah, telehealth <laughs> like we should so i have uh Aetna insurance i just got a thing last year saying that i can now get access to a doctor online so i mean if the doctors are doing it i mean maybe they're licensed in every state so you know regular reg regulatory like uh restrictions i'm not sure about the pt one but fitness i mean heck we've all that Dan's done some online fitness, you know, champion. We just launched our new online training platform, our, our, you know, our big program that you can go to on our champion website. And I think it's amazing. I think it's a no brainer that, that we get fitness apps, but I don't know. What do you, what's your guys, let's not, fitness is easy, right? That's a no brainer. What do you get? What are your guys thoughts on the PT? Like any experience? I mean, uh, my biggest concern, I guess, would be the legality of it. I wouldn't want to put my license in jeopardy, you know, providing uh, medical or giving medical advice over the phone or or however it may be online um, and then have that catch up and lose my license. You know, we just went, we all went through years of school and spent a lot of money. Like, 
is it worth doing that? If it, even if it's a gray area right now, right? We don't even know. What if assuming it is sure. legal? If it is legal, I, I don't know. Still, I mean, like, I'd still be cautious. I, yeah. Manual like assessments and stuff and right. range of motion stuff. How do you do that online? Yeah, it's yeah, that is we true. It's different. Anyway. How do you it's capsule different. or feel somebody via? <laughs> yeah. How do you FaceTime and feel? I think, yeah, I think a lot of what we do is is hands on by nature. I think it, so. I don't know. I, I'm gonna my go mind stuff and feel. Ooh, what do you got, Dan? I I want to do more of it. Um, I understand that as PTs, we like to be able to evaluate and see things in person and feel people, and I feel like that's very important, right? I think we need to do a lot of that in some individuals. But I think there's a, a lot of problems that we can actually take care of from a distance. And I think a lot of what we do sometimes comes down to guidance and just being able to write the right programming and give people the right advice. And it makes me a little upset that PTs are limiting their ability to <laughs> to treat people across the Hulk world smash. because they're so afraid of losing their license. Don't get upset, Dan. Yeah. But I think, I think what's happening is that you get, like, trainers and stuff yeah, trying to give people right. advice on what they need to do for the injuries and running programs. That's, that's actually a good point. The personal well, trainers are probably they are. doing they what they're doing. They certainly are. Yeah. You know, so my, my knee hurts to do this program. Point. Right. I think we should be the pioneers there. We obviously do this on a regular basis. Um, I wish that we weren't so afraid of, of doing it, but I yeah. can see why. It seems like to me, too, like I th if, if you do this right, if you do this model right, the first thing you're going to be able to tell if you're doing a consult with somebody over the Internet or whatever it may be is, is are they a candidate for doing it from a distance? Because the second maybe you, you don't feel comfortable, you think they need a, a more detailed exam or they need to see a physician or something like that, I, I think you just tell them that. I think that's the easy one. But, man, there's probably a bunch of, like, low-hanging fruit we could probably really work on and we can probably make some improvement with people before it's a big issue if we can just give them some like guided exercises and stuff like that so you know it seems like it's probably not for everybody but like man if you're a good PT and you know like oh no you got to go see somebody say it right away or hey this isn't responding like I thought or I thought you'd do better why don't you go find someone in your local community I mean that's I, I, I there's definitely room for progress if anybody knows the real legality issues let us know I mean this is definitely a conversation for an attorney in terms of legality but uh, but good stuff what do we got Maddie Maddie B we got Maddie B. We got Michaela from North Dakota. Gives Aww. a little shout out to Haley, classmate and best friend, apparently. Oh, Haley's uh, best friend? What's her bestie. Michaela. Michaela. Thanks, Michaela. BFFTWD. All right, so what have been the most beneficial combinations of mobilizations, scapular stability exercises, and shoulder strengthening exercises you have found for, the, for patients following either subacromial decompression surgery or subacromial bursitis. You kind of answered your own question, <laughs> Michaela. I almost called her Haley. <laughs> Haley. Yeah. You kind of you kind of asked her. Uh, what do you guys think? What's your? Why don't we go around a little bit? We'll go quick on this one. But like, what, what do you think the top like one or two things you need to do with somebody that has oh, shoulder yeah. impingement or subacromial impingement? You know, yeah. Len, you want to start? Um, get their motion back comfortably and just blast their shoulder, rotate it with, with, with exercises. Blast. I mean, just blast. So let's paraphrase that. So get them stronger? Get them stronger. Is there a specific muscle group yeah. you would like to get stronger? Uh, rotator cuff, scapula. I want them to get them comfortably moving. Just There's a lot of mental component to it. But you got to, especially after a surgery, you got to reestablish. You know, that's that joint mobility very easily. You can scar down in that subacromial space after the after they debrido to 
all that junk up there. So I would you gotta reestablish that range of motion. <laughs> very, very medical blast. Yeah. Blast him, get that junk out of there. Well that's ready for telehealth right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got what do you got, Tilly? Um yeah, I think echoing Lenny, I think that people need to just do the basics really well at first. I mean most people who have impingement or issues like that are freaking out because they have so much pain, they can't lift their arm. It's very, very like I can't put my coat on and just you know, kinda of talking to somebody off the ledge first and like basic motion. Basic strength, do that first for a month. And then once people are like constantly doing that, then you talk about like exercise progression, a little bit more complicated things around like loading paradigms. But most people go step one, step five, and then they get frustrated. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Do you want specific exercises that I would do? Because I, I agree with everything that they'd say, so I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to add? Um, no, I'll stick with what they have. I like, all right, good. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the way to do it. Dan, how about you? Uh, mobility, baseline cuff, and scapular strength. Blast them. Another blast one is specificity. Get that junk out of there. Specificity. You got to start them. progressing towards the movements that these the individual ones get back to. And the last one I think is that if someone has like a decompression surgery and they had some underlying like rotator cuff tendinopathy, they probably have to be patient. That's not something that gets better quickly. So four to six months or more, that's even though it's just decompression. That's a, that's a good point. I, 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 yeah. Whoa, whoa. I, I have one more. No, wow. I have one. Wow. Well, you said the, the, I think you have to know the surgery really well and know what motions to hold off on. Like if you have like a slap tear, like a bank art shift, like obviously this kind of stuff would be towards the end. So like most people just do general motion on all surgeries, but like careful on certain motions. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I would just, I would say, you know, there's probably two reasons why you're getting this. It's, you know, you could have something, you know, with you, with your body, right? So maybe you have, you know, tight, you know, you have limited thoracic mobility, right? So excessive kyphosis, anterior tilt, you know, decreases your subacromial space, stuff like that. You could have a weak cup, you could have a tight, like inferior cap, like all these things. You could have weak scapular necks. Uh, that, that's kind of like the, like the intrinsic factors, right? But sometimes the extrinsic factors are really all it is. It's like, you, you know, you, you have limited mobility, but like you keep snatching or you, you you know, you're, you know, you do, uh, you know, the wrong activities or your work requires some overhead activity, but you don't have like the strength and dynamic stability. So I'd say, you know, put those together, a good examination of the person. And I, I, I think you'll, you'll put it together. I think right? your question, you answer your own question. I think you're trying to, a lot, you, maybe you, I don't know. You, She's just you, trying you, to plug Haley. But this has nothing to do with the, the question. It's trying to complicate things too much in our profession. It's just getting the motion back and get them stronger. I think it's, I, it's, just it's, see, define what's wrong with them. Create a checklist yeah. of things that are suboptimal, you know, and then re-educate them back into the specificity of the blasting. And I think we're, I think we're good. So good. Great, great episode, guys. Thanks so much. Head to MikeRinald.com. Click on that podcast link. You can ask us questions. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Please give us a, a nice review, rate us and subscribe, all that cool stuff and we'll see you guys on the next episode thanks so much thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you have a question you'd like us to answer head to mikerinocom slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and please share this with your friends to help spread the word it would really mean so much to us Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.